For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Welcome to the Dominion Podcast. I think I lost count of which one it is, 28 or 29 now. There's just so many of them um, that I can't keep track. Yeah. You know, seems like we've been doing this for a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm your beta host. I'm here with uh, Alex Klusterman. Good to be in studio. We got no Ben tonight. No. No. Who knows where he is. He didn't tell us why either. No, he didn't. He just said uh, he wasn't interested. Something about my poor body odor. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) A little (laughs) self-conscious. I could see him inching away from me last week. He just couldn't, couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the musk. <laughs> Not many can. So we want to continue on a bit from last week's discussion. And you really did a great job outlining sort of the insanity of one aspect of what we're going through, which is the vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was a lot of information. And that was really only one thing we could have talked about. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of other uh, angles to this Um uh, pandemic, fake pandemic that we could be talking about. And that was just one of them. And I, uh, you know, since then, and since we recorded that, I've just been, I've had this feeling of, of an overwhelming sense of, uh, a sense of being overwhelmed by the lies that are out there. Yeah. And I'm sure people can relate to this. It's like everywhere you turn, there's untruths and half truths and, um, just wrong thinking from a biblical standpoint, and for myself, I feel a little paralyzed because I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Where, like, and so where, where do we start attacking this? And what is the answer that the gospel has for this situation? So maybe let's start with that. Yeah. Well, a couple things. Um, it is overwhelming for us in Canada. Um, to be confronted with so many lies. And the reason that is uniquely overwhelming to us is that we are so used to living amongst people we can trust. There's several factors for this. One, just the fruit of a Christian culture and and virtue. Um, that lying is not seen as a good thing. Because of that, you know, culture um, that has long since passed, There are structures and accountability systems in place to um, at least make lying not as advantageous. Mm -hmm. So if you lie at work to your employer, if you lie on a test. If you lie under oath. If you lie under oath, if you lie in office, the media will hold you accountable. I mean, that's just been the sham of this whole thing. It's like... You listen to a press conference with a politician or a health bureaucrat, and there's literally zero critical thinking from the people who are there to ask questions. And then our entire system of democracy has built in limits to power and accountability structures so that lying is not as incentivized. Um, so it is, it is not normal to live in a world where lying is so prevalent Right. And and so uh, you, there's no consequences to it. Um, I mean, the 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 last year and a half has been characterized by 
um, part truths masquerading as whole truths. It's it's classic misinformation. So, you know, the the famous example we've mentioned several times when the riots were going on in the United States is a CNN reporter standing with the background of flames of what city was burning. I forget which one. Literally flames. Minneapolis. In the, Minneapolis flames. And... Um, they they called them mostly peaceful protests, yeah. which is a technically true statement if you look at the percentage of people uh, who are peaceful and those who are not. But it's profoundly misleading, yeah. Because if if only two of one hundred houses is set on fire, no one thinks that's no one would describe that as mostly peaceful. They would mm-hmm. say that is a violent and dangerous protest. Yeah. So. It, it's tantamount to lying. And the media are engaged in this. Politicians are doing this all the time. People are um, have been conditioned to do this themselves. You know, when you go when you go into Starbucks and you're not allowed to walk up to the check-in counter to pick up a drink without a mask, and you look to your left four feet, and people are sitting there unmasked, drinking their coffees. They can sit there for three hours bloviating and spreading aerosols into the air, sitting there, filling it with aerosols. You can't hold your breath and walk to the counter and leave. And you are treated as if you are a danger. That is a lie. That is not true. Yeah, and, and that's, that's being like conditioned a, to tell a lie. That's a lived lie too. It's it's not being communicated verbally. Yeah. But you're you're being forced to acquiesce to it. Yeah. Which does something inside of you. Yeah. Right. And so we, we just live in a time of lies. Right. Um, R- Roger wrote a good book, Live Not By Lies, Thinking About Solzhenitsyn. And and I believe, it was it the title of one of his essays? I don't know if it's the title of an essay, but it's it's a phrase that he, okay. he coined. Yeah. And communist, uh, the communist regime was characterized by lies. And, um, and everybody knew it. And everyone knew it. And the danger and what Solzhenitsyn warned against was everyone going along with it. Everyone telling the lie. And uh, we we just live in a time of lies. A couple things to encourage us and maybe reorient us. Um, although we've lived in the we've we've had the privilege of living in a place that has historically de incentivized lying. This is not the pattern of the world. Um, we read in was this First John five. Mm. Um, we know that we are from God, but the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, and the evil one is a liar. Yep. So it should not surprise us that an unbelieving world is not only is actually characterized by lying. And um, I think we need to we need to reorient ourselves and hit pause and just say, how do I get over the fact that everyone's lying now? And instead of just being outraged over that, Learn to live in a world. How do think through? How do we live in a world characterized by lying? Um, because Christians of all people should know that that is the case. Mm-hmm. And so, if the whole world is under the power of the evil one, and the evil one is a liar, it means that people are liars. Now they aren't in that. It's not as though your neighbor will necessarily cheat on the test, but they will suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They will ignore certain facts about reality. They will live and present a vision of reality that is not in accordance with the truth. Um, they will, in fact, hate the truth yeah. when it's presented to them. So, is this, I mean, 
is this just divine judgment uh, in the sense that we've essentially been living these lies for a long time now? Yeah, and God is saying, "Oh, you want to, you want to call a little boy a little girl? Yeah, with a, with a without, you know, without flinching. Yes, and that's the, like the, you want to tell that yeah. lie. Okay, here's here's a bunch of lies you're going to be subject yes. to for the next little while. Yeah, that that whole gender thing is the is the uh, embodiment of lying, right? It's it's like it's like a, a triangle has four sides. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does, and you're going to say it. That's what that is. Yeah, it's two plus two equals five. And yeah, whatever. Exactly. It's a. It's just a bold faced lie. It's a contradiction. It's it's irrational. It's illogical, um, and we are conditioned to do that. And it knows it's a character thing. The reason people do that, and what Saltz needs to warn about, it's not because people believe it. It's because the lies are coupled with threats, mm-hmm. and it was observed over this time by someone that. You know, lies need to be protected with coercion, shame, force, threats, all of these things. The truth is just set free. And so when you see a culture increasingly engage in coercive methods, right, you know that there are lies happening. Right. Why is there no debate? Why is there no discussion? Why is there no data? Why is there no evidence? Well, because lies need to be protected, hidden, and you use methods of shame, coercion, manipulation for these things. Um, so it seems it seems that I mean to get onto the topic of what does the gospel yeah uh, have to bring to bear to this? It's just the, the simple truth, right? The, the gospel is the truth, yeah, and our job is to speak that truth, yeah. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus right. said. And in a world full of lies, the truth of Jesus Christ honestly shines so much more um, brightly. And not only he is the truth, but he says his word is truth. Sanctify them by the truth. His word, Your word is truth. And the first place that Christians begin is by looking to God's word. And what it tells us about the world is that the world is filled with lies, Um it should teach us that we need to make sure our authorities are in the right place. I mean, one of the other things in a world of lies, you have to reevaluate what sources you trust. And one of the most difficult challenges for a lot of Canadians and a lot of Christians is that they live a naive existence and are sincerely incredulous over any suggestion that the traditional authority structures could be less than trustworthy. Yeah. And, and you're a conspiracy theorist for that. And this is a dangerous thing because, again, going back to the word being the truth and the word needs to shape us, um, the word tells us that all have sinned, mm-hmm. fall short of the glory of God, that all of creation um, subjects the truth in unrighteousness or, or, or suppresses, suppresses the truth in unrighteousness, that Christians of all people should know about ourselves and every single human being. Uh, we should know that we have the proclivity to deceive ourselves and to lie. Our entire structure of government is not built upon the idea that we are all good people and if we simply let all the good people give their voice to things, good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is built upon the idea that we are all bad people. And we need to put limits in place and spread out the the authority amongst people so that no one person has it. We need to have limits to power, et cetera, et cetera. It's the rule of law, not the rule of what you say is the law. Yeah. 
it's predicated upon the idea of human sinfulness. Right. That's why we. That's why we have Lex Rex. Yes, the, the law is king. Exactly. Or the law and the king. I yes, guess, in that yes. Sense. But the, the king is under the law, just like the subjects. But so many Christians are semi-Pelagians, and they actually think that a certain class of person, whether it be your chief medical officer or your premier, your prime minister, or, the, or your health unit, or the uh, president of a uh, you know a reputable. Christian seminary. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just think that you should do what they say and yeah. trust them. And there's, I mean, there's many problems with that. But one is just the scriptures tell us that while we ought to respect people, um, Paul, Peter says, honor the emperor. Do you think he trusts the emperor? No. You know what I mean? It, but to honor them means to show them the honor that they are due. It doesn't mean to offer them more than they deserve, i.e. uncritical affirmation of everything they say. It doesn't mean to ignore their faults or their um, transgression of God's law. And we see this, and it becomes an idolatry thing because you're basically ascribing to people, and again, it's only a certain class, it's those in authority, um, an immutability and and uh, you know a godlike status of being above the fall and incapable of lying, or even it's not even lying like incapable of even error. Um, and so so this is a huge problem right now. It's it's not just for you and me being discouraged about lies. It's that so many people can't even be honest about that, mm-hmm. and your only alternatives are absolute uncritical affirmation or conspiracy theories. Right. Whereas the scripture gives us a different view altogether that we ought to humbly listen and discern, but think critically. The other thing is appeals to authority. I mean, that's a formal fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is why we need to teach logic in schools. Yeah. Appeal to authority is a formal fallacy. But when we hear people saying things like the experts say and the science, if we had a remotely wise culture, Everyone would just call, like they would say, "That's bogus." You know that that is not an argument; that's an assertion. Yeah. You know, show it, make you your ha- case. You still have to make your case. You still have to make your case. Yeah. And you know, maybe I would trust uh, an expert more than certain other people, because, of course, because of their experience. Of course, but it's not unquestioning. Of course, uh, you know. Yeah. So there's an incredulity. Yeah. But I think positively. Um, the gospel is not only the revelation of the truth, Jesus Christ, and all that he is and all that he came to do for fallen, lying humanity and to redeem us, to save us by dying in our place for our lives and from rising from the dead and to reveal to us the truth. Um, he also helps us to see all of existence accurately. So one, we have, a, we have an accurate view of people with the yeah. requisite criticalness uh, that goes along with that. We take responsibility to actually think through things ourselves. The crazy thing about this little, like this, this secular stream of enlightenment is how stupid it is, right? I thought this whole secular project was the fruit of this amazing enlightenment away from superstition. Yeah, This feels like we're reverting back to like People on a temple offering up their sacrifices and us bowing down. Yeah, it's like well, it's do what I say. Everything I say yeah. is true. It's exposing that that the the fruit of enlightenment was the fact that it grew out of a Christian culture. Yeah, 
you know, it doesn't, you don't get enlightenment in animistic cultures no. or whatever, pagan cultures. You don't get that. And we're just going back to that. We are. We're going back to like, you don't think, you just do what they say. Yeah. And there are certain sacraments you must offer. And otherwise you're put outside of the community. Yeah. And uh, Christians ought to be like, wait a second. Critical thinking is not an enlightenment thing. That, that's profoundly offensive uh, to the tradition, the intellectual tradition before it. Uh, it's extremely ignorant. The only reason people believe that is because they don't know anything about history. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's even ignorant of the fact that many people who weren't Christians were critical thinkers. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's like, look at Greek culture, yeah. you know, and, and, and philosophy. Um, the capacity to think and the the... The value of reason was not something that came about in the 1700s, yeah. by the way. Yeah. But from a Christian perspective, we see that God gives us the responsibility to discern things, mm. that we aren't actually allowed to simply say, well, what do they say is true, and then I'm going to do that. Yeah. That we have to search the scriptures, and we have to discern first, and we're accountable for our decisions. I think a lot of people have, say, look, I'm not responsible, and a lot of pastors do this. Who can really know? Well, it's like, okay, bud, like if you're going to make a decision, you better know. Like closing your church and forcing people to engage in these processes is making a decision. So are you confident that that's the truth? Are you confident that that's reality? Are you confident that, you know, that's what's going on? Because you need to be. You can't do that and say who can really know. Yeah. You can't suspend judgment and then engage in, you know, judging other people. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Uh, as I'm looking out at, you know, friends and family and just the culture at large, I think we're seeing you, you referenced Romans chapter one earlier about suppressing the truth. Yeah. And I think we're seeing the exact fruit uh, that Paul lays out there. So I'm just going to read a bit of that yeah. for us starting uh, Romans one, starting at 21 mm-hmm. uh, for although they knew God, and this is true of everybody, by the way, yeah. we, we all have a, a, an internal knowledge that God exists. Yeah. There are, there are no atheists. The, no. Bi- the Bible is very clear on this. God put that knowledge into mm-hmm. us. So they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. So when when there's a suppression of the truth uh, and you can't accept lies without suppressing the truth, mm-hmm. right? And so for us, in order for our culture to accept these lies, they are suppressing the truth about yeah. God. And what, what we're seeing, what the fruit of that is the schizophrenia, the isolation, the fear, mm-hmm. the anxiety. All this stuff is is God giving us over to those fears yeah, and giving us over to... The futility uh, of our thinking. It's it's the outcome of yeah. suppression of truth. When yeah. you suppress the truth, this is what happens. Yeah. So that's got to play into our message to the culture. 100%. So, and, and inform the strategy... Uh, for a solution. Only the gospel is because only the gospel actually sets us free from a life of futile thinking um, and folly to a life of truth and wisdom. And um, we can't expect that through 
I mean, the reason why people tell lies is because their father is the evil one. He's a liar. Yeah. So they need a new dad. Yeah. And the way you get a new dad is you're adopted into his family through the death and resurrection of his son, which you appropriate by faith. And that's the only way. And I mean, I was talking this morning with, with Darren and Jacob and two dear brothers, and um, our our priority as Christians is gospel proclamation. And the only way that we're going to get around the lies is when people submit to the truth, yeah. the truth of Christ, and they are transformed to see lies for what they are mm. and to speak the truth and love. And there's, there's just, just no other way. And, and one thing I yeah. said was like, why would it be another way? It would be to mock God. Why could we say that we have rejected God and yet remain reasonable, um, critical, honest, truthful people? Why would, how could we have that without God? And the answer is you can't. You can't. Yeah, and that's got to be the big part of the message. In, you're referencing John 8 there about, you know, we need to be God's children. Yes. Right? Not, and if you're not God's child, you're a child of the devil. Yeah. Jesus makes this very clear. Speaking to, you know, the descendants of Abraham. Yeah. Um, Jesus said to them, verse 42 of John 8, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I'm here. I mean, it's just plain as day. It's like you can't. Uh, you know, you can't be born again and hate the truth. No. And you, if you love Christ, then you love the truth. Yeah. And you can't separate those two things. No. Yeah. And there's also, in the same chapter, uh, what Jesus is up against is all, all he was doing was telling them the truth, and they're mm-hmm. railing on him. Uh, and in verse 45, he says, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. It's like the truth, ha- it provokes a response from people. Yeah. And they have to, it, when you give somebody the truth, they have to make a decision. Yeah. Do I believe this or do I suppress it? Yeah. Um, one thing I'm thinking practically to do is to not ever lie. Because that's a temptation in a culture of lies. You're tempted to go along with a lie. And um, what scriptures, it talks about that we, we have our powers of discernment basically sharpened, refined as we practice them. Uh, where is that? But it's basically as you exercise Romans discernment 12, yeah. and you walk in accordance with it mm-hmm. in wisdom, you begin to see more clearly. Right. But I think the inverse is true. When you actually ignore the truth, suppress the truth, and walk in folly, you become more and more blind. Right. Your it, senses are dulled. Your, your senses con- your are dulled. Your conscience is seared. Yes, be, yes, because it's not just an intellectual thing. Nothing we do is ever only intellectual. Our desires, our passions are always at play in what we actually are willing to process mm. in our minds. And when you give in over and over to the desire to be liked, the desire to not be centered out, the desire... Look, in a culture of lies, when you speak the truth, you're the crazy one. Yeah, There's a shame that comes to speaking with truth. Look at this conspiracy theory talk. Or even worse, you're a danger. You're a threat. Yeah. You're, you know, responsible for murder. Like, we, I we, have best- to, we have to get over this uh, fear because I have it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fear of... Um, uh, ostracization, yeah. uh, the fear of having people think you're crazy. We caricature. Have, we have to get over it, or else we're not going to get on with yeah. with preaching the gospel. And I'm preaching to myself here. Yeah, uh, this is the main thing that's holding me back. Is I haven't 
<laughs> I haven't been, um, uh, well, I just haven't hardened my, my resolve to do yeah. this and say, listen, the only, the, like you said, there's, there's no other answers. Our only, our only option is to give people the truth. Uh, that's the only way anything is going to change is if yeah. hearts are changed. If God, uh, if he renews people's hearts and minds to be able to understand the truth, the only way that happens is if people preach, Yeah, if people give them the gospel. And so, you know, being liked by your friends is not going to help. No, it really, it's, it's worthless. Yeah. And, uh, I'm guilty of this. I gotta, I gotta get rid of that desire to please people, mm-hmm. uh, and just get on with the work we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, this isn't the verse you were thinking of, but in Romans 12, chapter two, right in Romans 12, verse two, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will mm. of God. And, and so there's this, uh, right. You're submitting yourself daily. Um, we're being transformed as we're sanctified and where our powers of discernment are, Yes, being sharpened. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So a practical way that we do this is you need a community of the truth, right? Because it's not just about us. It's no we we are prone to self deception, and what we need to do is to be around other people who are exposing the lies and who are living in the truth. Yeah, and because that um, gives us the strength and courage, we have to tell the truth. Isolated by ourselves, we're all prone. Mm-hmm. To, to give into lies and and tell ourselves we're not doing that. Yeah, um, it's, make in, th- it's and that's intentional. By the way, I, I I watched a documentary recently on Netflix called How to Become a Tyrant. Huh. And I, I didn't want to watch it at first because I thought it was just going to be sort of a you know anti-Trump type of thing. It's Netflix, so mm. it's like usually leaning pretty far left. Oh yeah, but it was great. Uh, it basically chronicles here are the tactics that tyrants use. And one of the main ones is isolate people. Yeah. Right? Because they can't interact with each other anymore. They start fearing each other. They're pitted against each other. And society starts to break down. And it makes room for the, the strong man to take power. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, just jumped in there. No, that's uh, but, great. It's so true. And um, one of the things Rod, Rod Dreher writes as well is he chronicles several movements um, religious movements that, that survived and thrived under communist regimes. And they were thick communities, you know, families that were very close uh, and, and house churches. And Christians in a world of lies need to commit to deep, meaningful communities of the truth and to regularly be, I mean, the scriptures exhort us and the, the writers of the Hebrews, right? Encourage one another daily. Um, you know, don't neglect meeting together, you know, and the reason is so you don't become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Isolation for a Christian is just a, a context it's a for, sentence. it's a death sentence. <laughs> yeah. and, and specifically, a death, and it, the death occurs by lies, self-deception. And uh, yeah, that's the beauty of, I mean, even our friendship and brotherhood and our churches is, uh to be exposed to the truth, mm. you know, over and over again and, and applied in a thousand different ways yeah. is the antidote to lies. Um, kind of circling back a bit to uh, the last point I made. I We need to surround ourselves with people that don't have a fear of men. Yeah. People that fear God primarily. Yeah. And we need to 
we we need to look into this as as a church body. Yeah, is what does the fear of God really look like, and how do we stop fearing man and start fearing fearing God? Because you can't do both. No. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter what you say you believe and say you teach and all of this stuff. It's like when the rubber meets the road. If you give into the fear of man, I mean, Jesus said if you can't even, um, you can't glorify God and fear man. And uh, it's actually a symptom of hypocrisy, which is leaven. And Jesus warned mm-hmm. his disciples about it. It's dangerous to be around leaders who try to play the middle ground to try to appear the reasonable ones who make a thousand excuses for why they won't stand for the truth. Um, It is uniquely dangerous because it is so potent for people to fall into the same snare. Mm. And uh, what we need is to surround ourselves with courageous people who will speak the truth, whatever the cost. Not people who like to talk about those people, but people who are those people. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if you got any any other points you wanted to get to, but that's certainly encouraging for me. Yeah. And uh, on top of all of this, uh, I think that uh, for me personally, this has really spurned a desire to get out yeah. and evangelize. Yeah. And uh, obviously not there yet. Um, got lots of work to do mm-hmm. to uh, prepare myself for that. But uh, as a, as a, as a group of Christians in Peterborough, we need to actively pursue that. Oh yeah. And that's something we've all neglected our yeah. whole lives. Right. And, and some of us more than others. And so getting out there and giving hope to this hopeless world. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, they're like, uh, it's like Jonah going to Nineveh and, uh, God saying, you know, the city's full of people that don't know their left hand from their right. Mm-hmm. And God has compassion on them. So we need to have that same compassion. Mm-hmm. even on the people that slander us and continually lying to us and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read the, uh, the response that uh, Doug Wilson gave to the Vice article. I did. Yeah. Uh, there was some great stuff in there, though. But mm-hmm. even just hearing his uh, his plea that, you know, we could be brothers. Uh, any, any, anybody that's slandering us, mm-hmm. anybody against us, you know, there's only one way to have that mm-hmm. brotherhood. And so that was encouraging. Very very encouraging well i guess we'll leave it at that yeah for this week and we'll be back next week don't know if ben will be with us or not but uh either way it'll be it'll be wonderful thanks for joining us on the dominion podcast <laughs>